All right, as we continue in the, our scripture series and, and the parallels with the book, uh, The Art of Neighboring, scripture today is found in the Gospel of Luke, beginning in verse 38. Listen for the word of the Lord. <clears throat> as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all of the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work all by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. For indeed, only one Mary has chosen what is better, and it, will be not, and it will not be taken away from her. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I pray that uh, you would guide the words of my mouth, uh, the thoughts of my mind, that each one of us, by the Holy Spirit, would receive what you have for us here today. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So uh, there's a lot I want to say, and then after listening to our, our missionaries, there's a lot more that I want to say. So I'm going to have to sift through all of this. Uh, but I was sharing with Carmela that, uh, that I was kind of jealous because I've been on several uh, mission trips to Africa, Costa Rica. One of my churches, we had a close relationship with Belize, and so I was kind of jealous. It's been a while, and I know what a blessing that it is. Uh, to go. And I also know that when you go, um, one of the reasons it's a blessing, we've talked about this with Walk to Emmaus mission trips, uh, the, the spiritual dynamics, even just the worldly dynamics, are, are such that it is conducive for uh, the Spirit to show up abundantly. Because right? if you go to these things, uh, just like we'll use this week, you know, they left their homes, they left their jobs, they left the, their community, the world they know, and they went into a new place where it didn't have any of those distractions. Right? They could focus solely on worship, on serving, on loving God and loving others. Um, we always used to joke at one of my churches that, uh, you know, I always become a better person when I'm on a mission trip. And it's not really a joke. I mean, it's kind of true because we, we, if we're honest, we're not, I don't, not you three, me. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not the same person I am when I'm on a mission trip or when I'm working a walk or a retreat or something like that because I don't have the same distractions. You know, I'm totally focused on serving God and serving others. And one of those reasons is because of the distractions of family and work and church and busyness of the world. I don't have. And so I can focus on serving God, loving God, and loving others. And that's really the challenge that we have when we talk about this book of the art of neighboring, which I want to give a shout out to Benny. She texted me, was it Friday, Thursday? She goes, I did it. I was like, oh no, what did she do? Um, and she took a, a half gallon of cookie cream, ice cream, over to her neighbors. 
and introduced herself and got to know her neighbors and five children and just talked and visited. And she said, it was wonderful. And it was wonderful for me. Pastors are always amazed and surprised when people actually do something they said. I was like, this is wonderful. But that's, that's what the, the challenge is going to be. That's, it's so hard. You know, in Scripture, it says that you can't be a prophet in your own hometown. And it's also hard to change your mentality when you're in the same environment and situation. So if we're not used to going to our neighbors and getting to know them and caring about them and... Uh, you know, expanding out. If we're just used to our homes, we come, and this is where a lot of us are. We just come, we have tunnel vision, we go in and we go out. And now that's not everybody, but a lot of us are in that mode. And so to branch out and to reach out and to change our behavior in the same circumstances is a, is a very big challenge for us. So when we look at this, we need to understand, one, why is there a need for this neighboring more than ever before? And last week, we talked a little bit about the world and the shape that the world's in, and the isolation, um, and the depression, and all of that stuff that feeds from recent events, but just also our society and, and social media, not just social media, just media in general, how we're just tuned in to our own blue screens in our own rooms in our own houses. So we talked about the world last week, but the church has some um, responsibility too. We have to kind of make sure we understand where we've gotten off center as the church. And I'm talking church universal. So one of the things is we have to, if we're going to correct this, we got to make sure that we are talking about biblical Christianity that it is about what God teaches. Because if we get off that, then we end up in a wrong place. And the example I'm, uh, one of the examples I'm talking about is when we, Christianity in so many different places, in so many different denominations, in different ways, we've talked about it being a law, becoming works. But what it has become is an I-centered faith. It's about I and a self-improvement, right? That I go to church and I go to worship um, to hear from God to become a better person. And then it, all of a sudden that leads, if it's about me and me improving about my, how I view myself and who I am and improving as a person, and that's that first step that we've slipped into making it all about us. And then if it's all about us, who gets left out? God and others, the two greatest commandments. When it's really about, it's not about us, it's about what God has done for us. But that's that original sin, always creeping in and wanting it to be about me. Right? We, all, we all fall into it because that's part of our natural person, our natural nature, that I, I want it to be about me. That's why we fall into works. A lot of times we'll come to the Lord because we're broken, beat up. We've had a reality check of who we are and what our, where our joy is or isn't and a lot of different things. And we come with humble hearts as broken people 
But then something very dangerous happens. We begin to improve. We we become a better person. And we know from the Old Testament, human nature tells us, uh, you hear me talk about it a lot, this is important, that you remember when they're getting ready to go in the promised land, God warns them about this human nature quality. When you get in there and you're blessed and God has blessed you and you've gained all these blessings God has given you, don't start thinking it was you who've done it. Don't forget it is I who have blessed you. But what that happens is we come in and we start to become better and we start to move away from the righteousness of Christ into self-righteousness. And then it becomes all about us. Well, too many, for too many Christians, it's about, I go to worship on Sunday. I go do this. And I, we have our little things we do and we think that's our Christian life. That's not our Christian life. That's part of the buildup. That's part of the the work um, as far as God changing us, transforming us, so that we can go out and be Christians in the world, that we can go to Guatemala and serve God and serve others. But we're not called just to go to Guatemala. We're called to serve God and proclaim God right where we are. And church should be a place where we come and not have to put on a mask, um, that we can truly be who we are and share our brokenness because we're all broken. And yet the church is the one place we come and try and act like we're not because we have to be like all the other righteous people around us. That is funny, (laughs) right? That is funny, because but we put on these masks. We put on these masks to protect our egos. We put on these masks that we are not as broken as we really are. That we are human. You know, it's always, and I've been there. My kids are right, are older now. But when, when I was living in West Texas and Rotan, not a pastor, and Desiree was still flying for American, and all my little kids were little. See, I didn't hide it as well. So some of you I know hide it as well. Some of you, you just, in the car from your house to here, had a screaming match with your kids, trying to lick their hair to stay down because of a cow lick, and, and it's chaos, and you come up and say, well, hi, pastor, how are you? And I'm like, no. I did that with my little kids, but I, it, I didn't hide it so well. We came in looking like a disaster. And so they knew it was a disaster when Des wasn't there. When Des was there, they all looked good. Still chaos. Church is the one place that we're supposed to be able to be ourselves. That's supposed to be what's attractive about it. When people got to go put on their work master, their mom mask, their dad mask, their community mask, whatever, we, have to, we don't have to, but we put on all these masks all week long. And then church is supposed to be where I can go and not put on a mask and just have a little freedom, but we got to put on our church mask so that we're this good church person. And so that's what we've talked. That's what we've become because church has catered to one, mega, one big church. If I said it, you'd probably know it. 
decided what they were going to do by going out and asking non-Christians what they didn't like about church. And that can be good or that can be bad, right? Because we're supposed to be teaching and shepherding. But we, we, the reason I'm talking about this when we're talking about the art of neighboring, we got to get it right before we're going to be uh, motivated to go out and to reach others. I mean, I can't get fired. I am not fired up about inviting somebody to church. I know that sounds weird for a pastor to say. But I am fired up when I invite somebody that I know is hurting, that I know is struggling, that I know is searching, to have a conversation with them and to do something that will connect with them. You know, one of my great joys of every week is the guys group on Monday night. I started it with young dads. Uh, well, not too young, uh, but have young kids. And so it's, it's it, cause it, I, I usually start these at churches cause it's, I, I relate to it. I remember when I was a young dad with young kids and a young Christian and trying to figure all this stuff out, knowing something. And the first thing that kind of revealed it to me was a group that I went with. But I'll tell you that group, not very churchy, are we? We're not very churchy, but a lot of God stuff goes on there. A lot of spiritual formation goes on there. Because I guarantee you, and it makes me a little nervous uh, when somebody else new comes, because it's not very churchy. And because we, you know why? Because we don't wear any mask. There's not a mask in that group. And then there's growth. And that's what it's about. But then when you get into something like that and you, you don't have to put on a mask and you feel like this is a place of healing and freedom and growth, then you want to go ask your neighbor that you know is hurting or you want to go connect and, and be the church out in the world. That's what we, And to do that, we're going to have to change our priorities because I'll promise you, God our relationship with God and our relationship with others, if we examined our priority list, would be way down. We might not say that, but how we, how we understand that in the walk to Emmaus, there's a priorities talk, and they say, if you want to know your priorities, where do you spend your time? Where do you spend your money? What do you think about? Ask yourself those questions this week and see how far down you have to get before you get to God and others about what you think about. Where do you spend your time? You know, in the ministry, they, they always tell you, oh, you got to find me time. You got to find recharge time. You got to, and sometimes you do, but I only have to do that when I'm around people wearing masks all the time. That wears me out. When I'm around people not wearing masks, I get invigorated. I feel connected. I feel refreshed. And when we get that, then, then we want to go reach out. But we have to get ourselves where we need to be. Because if it's all about me, I don't have time to go visit my neighbor. I got stuff to do. I got to play golf. 
right? I got to watch uh, the college baseball World Series. I need me time. Nowhere in Scripture does it say, make sure you have enough me time. Right? Because they know that's, you know, God know that was never going to be a problem. It was trading some of that me time for others. And we have to get that, we have to get our priorities realigned that there's nothing more important than God and one another. There's nothing more important than loving God. And how does Scripture tell us in, in uh, 1 John 4, 1 through 20, in 25, uh, Matthew 25, how does it tell us that our relationship with God is right? If we're loving one another. First, uh, first John says, if you, you can't say you love a God that you haven't seen if you can't even love those that you do see. And it doesn't say those that are just like you those that agree on anything. But how we are loving other is a gauge for how we're loving God. Scripture tells us that. So if we're going to truly be missionaries in our neighborhood, sharing the love of Christ with those around us, um, we need to understand we're going to have to give up some of me time. And it's going to be less about I and more about them. And when we do that, Scripture says we're growing in the image of Christ. Uh, we, we must decrease so Christ will increase. And in the end, like Paul, you'll say, I'm not missing anything. Right? I know the, those that just got back from the mission time didn't have a lot of me time on that trip but I would bet you money they're filled with the Spirit and have the fruits of the Spirit more than they normally do. See, if we empty ourselves of ourselves and love others as God calls us to, we will be filled with the Spirit of God. So, you know, it's in went right into the sermon about, you got to say yes. You know, what God asks us to do is not going to be in our worldly, fleshly, natural person comfort zone. When Benny texted me, she goes, I did it. And I could tell in that, that was like, I didn't want to do it, but I did it. <laughs> was that right? I could read that in the text. And everything I've done worthwhile in my life, in my ministry, in missions, in teaching, has been something that made me a little nervous and didn't really sit well with the natural person, but was a tremendous blessing in my life. So this week, I normally don't give you homework assignments because I don't like this, but I do want you more, let's say, meditate. Look at your priorities, because your priorities are going to guide your choices and your actions. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for your grace, for your mercy, for your patience. Lord, I pray that each one of us would examine our priorities and be honest. Take off our mask, knowing that we are called to love one another. 
and we can never truly be free. We can't uh, ever truly know God until we're truly honest with ourselves. So Lord, help us to do this work that we might give uh, more of ourselves for the work of your kingdom, more of ourselves to our relationship with you, and more of ourselves to the relationships in our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.